Blog Talk Radio.
live right here on Indie Fire. You heard it first right here by True Soul Davis, the R&B nympho, straight out of Cleveland, Ohio. Brand new music, brand new music. You guys can get that tomorrow. You can actually get it on pre-sale on Amazon and iTunes tomorrow. So, again, you heard it here first, True Soul Davis. You tuned into another episode of Indie Fire with your girl, Nakia. Yo, I'm I'm super excited. I talked to Rich today. And we would, you know, because last year we spent a lot of time talking about um, Takashi 6ix9ine, right? And uh, it's, it, and I almost, you know, brought him on tonight so we could bring up, you know, <laughs> some things that we kind of predicted last year, you know, how they came, you know, come to pass this year. Uh, oh, oh. Let me back up a minute. Let me back up. Let me recap. Recap Tuesday night, Tuesday on the 17th. We had business development strategist uh, Shashina Gibbs here. Uh, make sure that you're checking out everything that this phenomenal woman is doing um, and trying to do. She's known as the Walking 411 um, by the Daily News. Um, you can search her at realsistersrising.com. You can search Real Sisters Rising on Facebook. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, and you'll be able to see what her as well as her organizational association um, is doing for women um, who are focused on, you know, building their home businesses. Um, and even those who are business women, how they're all, they, they have this huge collaborative effort, you know, um, and that's that's what Real Sisters Rising is all about. Um, so make sure that, you know, you check her out and the association and see what they're all about. All right. Now, back to this news that I was trying to tell you about. So, as you all know, um, Takashi 69 was arrested by, probably was last year, right? It had to be. It was last year. And um, he went to court today. Well, he went to court because uh, I mentioned last, you know, probably two weeks ago that, you know, if if you drop a little, you know, bit of information, you know, um, drop it down on somebody, then your time may be lessened, right? And so... Um, I guess we all knew that, but we didn't know he was going to really start throwing people under the bus, like naming names the way he was naming names today. Um, there's a meme that's going around now that, you know, how when, when something occurs, a, a crisis, um, a tropical storm or a hurricane, you know, you always want to mark yourself free from whatever that, you know, storm or incident was. So the meme that's going around is that, you know, you were free from um, Takashi 6 ix testimony today. But apparently, you know, he's bringing everybody down with him. Um, today he revealed that, you know, his longtime rival, um, Trippy Red was actually a member of the five, nine Brims gang. Um, he also admitted that, you know, he hired the hitman um, to uh, go after Chief Keith. I think we already knew that, um, that he served as a money man for his fellow gang members. Um, and he revealed names of other nine Trey bloods. Right. Um, he dropped, the name Jim Jones (laughs) Um, and he even went larger than that uh, to say that Cardi B was also in non-train he talked about how you know he spoke a lot of beans on on her involvement and how he didn't really follow her blueprint Um, he said that he knew who she was but you know he didn't pay attention Um, so y'all stay tuned in all right, for tomorrow. I know we don't have no show tomorrow, but I'm going to have a lot of stuff to talk about on Tuesday. 
because, you know, he, he still got tomorrow and he got Monday, you know, for court. You know, you know he, I mean, they're saying, you know, the more information you drop, the more names you drop, you may not serve no time at all. So um, that's a discussion that I want to bring up, you know, later on. You know, how far do you take uh, your loyalty to your friends, um, your, your counterparts, your coworkers, you know what I'm saying? Shit that's supposed to go to the grave, you know. When 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 is it okay to start snitching? You know, <laughs> when is it okay? All right. Um, also in the news, according to the Chicago Sun Times, Valencia Love. This is the woman who paid R. Kelly's um, one hundred thousand dollar bond back in February. Um, it only bought him about four months of of freedom before he was arrested again on federal charges. And so her attorney is now seeking the return of the money, arguing that, you know, when she handed over the cash, she didn't know that there was a federal investigation going on. I, not to mention, you know, he's being held without bond right now in federal cases in both New York and Chicago. The judge says, you know, oh, well, sorry, you're not getting your money back. <laughs> I wish I would. Yes, I wish I would. <laughs> That's very interesting, but I'll keep you posted on on that as well, all right? My guest this evening is uh, author T. Bedford, and I don't know, you know, every now and again, you see people's initials. We had a conversation a few minutes ago. You see initials, and, you know, you think whatever, but I follow, we follow each other on social media, and I actually thought her social media name was her real name. We, We had to laugh about that, but my guest this evening is author I'm sorry, published author, T. Bedford. She was born and raised in the Bronx. She is the youngest of five siblings. In her youth, she relocated to Virginia and started high school down there. At the age of 14, she began to write to help her subdue all the anger she was holding in. T. Bedford started off with poems that she used to only read to her mother. Then, later on, those poems turned into short stories. T. Bedford found a passion for writing, and it made her feel good. She decided that she would love for the world to witness her talent, but it took her some time. As she got older, she began to take writing more seriously, as she was then able to balance her family with her writing. She recently released her first book entitled A Sibling's Betrayal. She is very proud of herself, and she continues to grow as an author. She looks forward to reaching more readers to share her work with. In the fire listening audience, I present to you this evening my guest, published author, T. Bedford. <laughs> good evening. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am well. I am well. And and I, I normally tell my guests this prior to the show because I always say that I'm going to forget but it's just, you know, it's become protocol now. Just to me just thank you. Uh, thank you on behalf of the show and behalf of our listening audience for you just to stop by here this evening and take time to spend with us, to give freely of yourself, um, to share with us, you know, your passion for writing, um, as well as, you know, who the author T. Bedford is. So thank you for joining us this evening. Thank you for having me. You're so very welcome. And now you have some callers already on the line before I even get started. So I'm gonna go ahead and uh, bring these callers in so they can show their love. Um, and if they have any questions prior to me starting, you know, um, I'm gonna open up the floor to them. 
Okay. You're live on Indie Fire with Nakia and T. Bedford. Who's on the line? Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. Can y'all hear me? We can. Yes. Who do we have on the line? Oh, my, oh my God. So I, she knows exactly who I am. I am LaRonda. Um, and I support her in everything that she does, and she is an amazing person. So my question to her um, for the viewers would be, uh, what inspired you to write this particular book? Um, let's see. Well, a lot of characters speak to me daily, but, um, you know, I had just had a, a sibling, you know, personal background, um, issue with my sister and, um, the book just came about and I just continued to write and it just flowed freely and it became a book. (laughs) Sounds good. Sounds good. (laughs) That sounds really good. So when are you thinking about rolling out the next one? Well, I'm actually working on part two as we speak. Um, that'll be out later on, but right now it's in the it's in the works of being written. Okay. Sounds good. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to that. That's all the questions that I had. Thank you, ma'am. Well, thank you so much for calling in. Uh, Stay tuned uh, to the rest of the episode. Enjoy your evening. Thanks. Good evening. You're live on Indie Fire with Kia and T. Bedford. Who's on the line? All right, maybe they just wanted to sit back and, and listen. That's quite all right. Uh, the call-in number is 929-477-1320. If you would like to call in and speak to the guest, if you would like to listen into the show or you have any questions for the guest, again, 929-477-1320. I want to back up and go to her question. Um, and I know this is it's, it's in the middle of where I wanted to be at, but since she's already posed the question, uh, and you said that you're working on the second part now. I want to elaborate more on um, on on your first book. Um, T. Bedford mm-hmm. she's published her first book. She's with the Dream Wake Work Publishing Company, um, and the book is entitled A Sibling's Betrayal. So you already talked about, you know, there was a rift between you and your sister. So this is a real, um, what is going on in the story is, is real life. So how do you, um, is it you... Go ahead. It's a um, it's a real situation, but not particularly to mine. Um, it's just that you know you have some family members who you feel like betrayed you, or they feel like you betrayed them. You know that sort of thing. So when I was writing my book, um, you know Misha and Jason, who we know are siblings, you know one thing um, went too far and the other felt betrayed by what the other had done. So that's what I came up with, with a sibling's betrayal. So, yeah, in the meantime, I was going through something with my sister, but them characters started to speak to me, so I just started writing, and that's how my first book came about. 
Now, did you and your sister, did you resolve the conflict that you have between the two of you? Recently, yes, we have. Um, we don't talk every day like we used to, but in due time, we'll get back right to where we've been at. Our mother don't play us not speaking to each other, <laughs> but, you know, we both we both grown, so we'll come around when, when it's, you know, when it's time. So then how does book two, um, does it go in another direction? Um, actually, it does. It floats from the main characters in part one, which who, you know, most likely going to be in part two, but it's going to have a whole different sequence of events in part two. Which is in the works right now, so we, we won't even talk about that. Uh, once that book is released, <laughs> we do want to be back on the show um, to talk about that book. But I want to back up to uh, in the very beginning uh, when you first developed your passion um, for writing. And I know that your bio says, you know, around the age of 14, you began writing to subdue um, all the anger that you were holding in. At 14, what yeah. were you mad about? I was mad about, I had a reason to be mad about a lot, a lot. Um, For starters, as a 14-year-old growing up in the Bronx, um, it was never easy for my mom. She, you know, she was a single parent of five. Um, She had support, but not not as much as she would have hoped for. Um, So it was like, you know, it was kind of me being raised with my niece. Like, my niece is like, what, two years older than me. And it's like all of us growing up in the same household, you know, people getting older don't want to take you with them or you have to stay stuck. Right, right. So my sister, the one that just we just hashed out our differences, she actually uh, went into the military here in Virginia. So um, my mother thought it was a good idea for me to come down um, during the summer. So I'm thinking, yeah, I'll go with my sister for the summer. Me and her really didn't have a bond then because we're 10 years apart. So I came down here with her, and um, my mom, I get a phone call, and my mom's like, oh, you're not coming back to New York. You're going to stay there and start school. So that made me even more mad because I'm like, I'm ready to go home. Like, I ain't planning on staying here. <laughs> so, Yo, yeah, I, I, had up, laugh, I, had I had to laugh at that only because I remember – uh, coming down south for the summer and spending time with my grandparents like the whole summer. Um, so yeah, but when it's time to go back home, like I'm ready to go back home. So I would have been scared if my my mother ever said, you know, nah, you're right. coming back. <laughs> you know, stay there. <laughs> right, right. But um, right. during I, that time, I get it, I get it, I get it. I get the, the anger and the hostility. Keep going. Yeah. So. Um, I just developed writing when I moved in with my sister. I kept the binder. Um, I first started out with poems. So I have, like, two full binders of poems. I have anywhere that I can write on, like, napkins, tissue. Like, that was my thing. I will write everything out. Um, Also, I had a prayer book that I still have to this day. Um, I write in my prayer book every day. I write down my prayers, or if I'm feeling some type of way and I feel like nobody will understand, I would just write it down. Writing down helped me, like, release everything without having it to, you know, like you said earlier, build up in me. So Mm -hmm. one thing 
one thing led to another to where I just started writing books. I actually wrote two books prior to this one actually being put out, but I was young then, and I didn't really know what to do. I was just writing. Um, <laughs> as my development started to come in for me loving to write, that's when I actually bumped into Ty, um, my publisher. Wow. Shout out to Ty. Yeah. I know she's listening. So how, <laughs> how important was it for you then, as well as now, to be able to um, write and use writing as form of mental relief? How important was it for you then? Um, from when I was younger to now? Yeah. Um, when I was younger, I felt like writing was an outlet for me more. Um, and so of now, I still feel the same, but not as much because now I'm a mother of two. So I can, like, teach my kids how to, you know, put that anger into something useful. Um, with me writing when I was so young, you know, I would write constantly every day. Like, I wouldn't even go outside. I would just write all day in my room. Like, there's certain days where I barely have a meal that day because I'm so intertwined of what I'm writing. Um, now, as an adult, um, I always wanted to put my first book out um, before I was 30. Yes, I'm 29, just turned 29. But um, <laughs> I always wanted to put my book out, and I just didn't know what direction to go in. Um, as far as, like, with my anger, if I'm feeling sad or happy, that's something that I know how to cope with when it comes to writing. So instead of me lashing out on anyone and, you know, it's not their fault, I just go ahead and pick up a pen and paper, and I stay with a notebook and a pen always, or I just write it on my phone. How did publishing your first book change your writing process, if it did at all? Oh, my goodness, it changed so much. Oh, my goodness. Um, when I actually got um, with Dream Wake Work Publishing, um, it was, like, so surreal. Like, I'm like, is this really happening? Like, I was just in awe. Like, I couldn't believe it. It changed my writing as far as, like, my mind process because my mind process as a young teen was so negative that when I became an adult, you know, your mind process, it starts to change as you get older because you get older and you get wiser. So right. instead of everything Very being good. so, yeah. right, instead of being so negative, everything just started coming together as if you could write negative things, you could also write positive things. So I started putting more to a positive use instead of always a negative. It's always a, it's always a way out of a situation. You can never be stuck unless you allow yourself to stay there. Um, do you view writing as a kind of spiritual practice for you? Um, no, my writing is, I feel like it's more freely. Like I write, I will write anything, a poem, a short story, a book. It all depends on how I'm feeling or if I see like certain situations, you know, or just in general, I would just write. There's really no particular um, form of writing that I actually do. I write everything, but my book is more of urban fiction. So that's my genre. And writing for you is more therapeutic 
um, than it is. When yes, I say uh, spiritual, I didn't mean like Christian fiction. I mean like, um, you know, some people you become so engulfed in what you're doing um, that it may take you to another level. Um, you may reach a spiritual level in your writing. Um, so for you, it's more therapeutic. Yes, it is. Very. How difficult is it for you to write characters um, from the opposite sex? It's, I don't feel like it's, um, I don't feel like it's difficult at all because, you know, everybody grows up with different genders around them. Like me, I have a brother, so I can't say I understand from his point of view because he's a male, but if you look at it at, you know, different angles, then it's easy for you to place yourself there. So it's like more of an easy thing for me to write from both genders. Is it? I don't have a struggle with that. Are you a people person? I believe I am. I love to meet new people. I like to conversate. I'm not a shy person at all. Um, I think my face <laughs> sometimes like throw people off. Sometimes I'm not sure, but if you get to talk to me and get to know me, I'm I'm a very people's person. Um, do you watch people? Do I watch people? Yeah, their mannerisms, um, their movements. Um, I'm asking yes, this. I want to know, like, how do you how do you build your characters? Like, are you using, um, are you researching people um, to to build your character profile? Like, how do you come up with your characters? Oh yes, ma'am. I'm very observant. I would sit at the mall and just watch people walk back and forth, or if I'm shopping, you know, I'll watch, like, um, the receptionist or, you know, the checkout person. It just depends on which character I'm working on at that point. If I'm working on a male, I would definitely watch the males, how they move, um, how they stand, you know, just so that way when I go to use it in my book for my character, I have, like, the great, the a, a better description of what I'm trying to get at with, with that particular character. I watch people, too. Um, I think watching people helps me to build my vocabulary uh, because Mm -hmm. you you just notice so much about people. Um, You can describe, you can be very descriptive, you know, when talking about an individual. Um, And just watching people has helped me (laughs) to build my vocabulary. Right. (laughs) As a mother of two, how old are your children? Well, I have a nine-year-old son. Um, he's at football practice right now, and I have a one-year-old daughter who actually just sitting here with me. <laughs> oh Lord! All right, so <laughs> so as a mother to two two children under ten, a toddler, um, you know your nine-year-old involved with football practice. How do you find time to write, to stay disciplined with your writing, and not get distracted? I pretty much map out my day. Um, I go to work in the morning, make sure the kids got breakfast or, you know, make sure they close out. I do everything the night before, so I, like, pre-prep, um, get them dressed for school, everything is straight, drop them off, go to work, come home, cook, clean, whatever. And then when they're in bed, that's my time to myself. 
Um, that's my time where I just relax and, you know, clear my mind of everything or whatever frustration that I have. Um, first off, I do write in my prayer book first before I begin to write um, or outline my book because um, that helps me, you know, get in my mood, you know, just thinking, you know, the man above for everything that he's allowing me to do, you know. And right. it's just, yeah, that's I just map my day out. I want to stay right there with the comment that you just made. I think that's very important. Um, and I'm not saying everybody go go get a notebook, make it to a prayer book. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to follow what you can. But it is so important that before you dive into anything, that you do um, give praise, give thanks, you know, to whoever it is that you serve. I think your mind becomes a lot clearer. Um, he can set your pathway clear. He he just opens up, you know, your 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 thought process, and and he allows you to understand things a lot better when you give the honor to him prior to you doing anything. I think that is very important, and um, Absolutely. I commend you on that. A lot of people don't talk about their faith, you know, and how um, it is beneficial, you know, in their lives. A lot of people shy away from talking about it openly. Um, but you mentioned mapping out your day. Uh, and with children, you have to do that. You know, I, I have four. Um, all of them are growing except for one. But I always <laughs> had schedule. I had to stay organized. You know, when you have children, everything just can't be spontaneous when you have children. So when it comes to your, your writing, you know, do you have a writing process? Do you, I know you mentioned an outline. So what what is your outline like, or what is your writing process like when you're writing? Um, it depends on which characters I'm starting off with. Um, like I said, I make sure my kids are in bed, or sometimes they even be up. Majority of the time they're asleep. Um, but I have like a certain corner that I have with my laptop, um, my book, uh, you know, paper, pen, whatever I got. Just that's my secret little corner that nobody messes with. So when I'm over there, you know, nobody disturbs me. Um, my writing process, wh- while I'm writing, I go from whichever character is speaking to me, I jot down what they're saying and how stuff is going to move. And then after I'm doing that with certain ones or whoever's being worked on that particular day, I just bring it all together in one. And I read over it and over it to make sure that I'm content with how it sounds, how it flows, and then I would send it to, like, you know, either my pen sisters or my pen brothers to see if they, you know, agree. You know, we try to help each other out, like, oh, if, you know, this is not working, you should, you know, I think you should do it this way. You know, I like other people's opinions about my work, so that way I make sure I grab the reader's attention. You don't just want to throw anything out there. Hey, yo, what's good? It's your boy, Jerusalem, from the Scarfella Music Group, and you on the air with the hottest station, Andy Fire. Andy Fire. With your host, Lil Timmy and Nakia, right here, right on the here, station, right here, right all the hottest right hip-hop hits, Andy Fire. Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. If you're just tuning in, you're live right here on Andy Fire with your girl, Nakia. And my special guest this evening, published author T. Bedford. All right, so how many hours a day 
do right. I know this is very consistent because I it, it's been you know reading in between the lines um, throughout the interview. I know that you're very consistent with your writing. But how many hours per day would you say that you write? Um, I would say at least two. Um, the weekends is when I really get everything. You know, really get to writing like four to five hours tops. Like five hours is probably like my maximum. Um, but like during the weekdays, I at least get an hour or two in of writing, and then like a Saturday night when I know if if the kids are away and things like that. Oh yeah, I'm I'm definitely in my writing corner, eating the snack while I'm writing. Because <laughs> you gotta have a snack. <laughs> Can't be hungry no and writing. No doubt. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> um. So your genre. Uh, right now is urban fiction. Correct. Why this, why this genre? This particular genre, I feel like I can relate to just being, you know, a lot of people can't relate to what I've been through. But um, I feel like this genre is more relatable to me, um, not just as a published author, but as just an individual person. Um, me coming up in the Bronx, you know, you see a lot of stuff, you hear a lot of stuff, um, you know, so it's like a lot of your surroundings, you could pick up anywhere, you know, being from New York, writing a story. You got a story everywhere you go, but from my home, right, right from my home in the Bronx, it's like you want to have a story every every time you turn your head. So it's just that easy to just grasp anything anywhere for me. Like, so do you feel that urban fiction is defined by its uh, subject or by the skin color of the author? Um, I wouldn't define urban fiction as um, as a color subject per se, but in all reality, when you are writing the urban fiction, most people is looking towards you know, melanin people, because majority of them books, or when you say urban, you just automatically going to think of us. You know what I mean? So it's never a color, you know, it's never a black and white, you know, or Caucasian type of thing. But in reality, in my personal opinion, it's automatically going to direct back to us melanin folks, because that's, that's what it is, 100%. So... That's just my personal opinion. All right. So when you first um, got with your publishing company, um, did you have a mission for your brand? I I did. Um, I actually got um, with Ty after one of my good friends, April. Um, I guess she went to a winery and um, she told her that I write, and she gave her a card. And I'm like, okay, you know, I don't know if this is, you know, for real, for real, but I'm going to check it out. So at first I was a little hesitant because, you know, a lot of people, you know, like to steal things or, you know, try to pass your work right. off as this. So right. I was kind of skeptical at first. But then when I actually got to talking to Ty, like she was just downright amazing. She kept everything 100, which I love. Like, she's very upfront, and so am I. So we clicked automatically. But when she took me on, 
um, to become a published author, and I told her everything that I was looking for as, you know, becoming a published author. And when my first book dropped, oh, my God, that was just like everything. And I also was on the charts of the top 100. So that made me feel like I can do anything if I just made my dream come true. And my dream was to actually publish a book before I'm 30, and it actually happened. Um, I wasn't doubting myself at first, but, you, you know, as a new person coming on, you know, you don't really know what to expect. So, but Ty took me under her wing, and we was a go from there. And and as always, uh, for you all who are listening, uh, we had uh, this publisher on back in, I want to say it was July, and she's done so many phenomenal things um, with her publishing company um, and brought on so many authors. We've already had... I think we've had two authors on already, and then another one will be here next month. Um, but as as these authors are speaking to you and they're dropping these bits of knowledge, um, listen to what they're saying. You know how skepticism always um, plays a part. How mindful you have to be about who you affiliate with. Um, but then they all speak so highly and positively about this young lady and her publishing company. I feel like she's the real deal. I am talking about Dream Wake Work Publishing. Um, so if you are are writing, if you're looking for self-publishing, if you're looking for editing, um, this is a young lady that you need to go to, along with a whole list of other things that they do. Um, but this is a young lady that you need to speak with. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> can you describe um, the best three qualities of your writing style? Um, my best three qualities. For one, I'm going to say perseverance. You always want to be patient. You never want to rush into anything if you're not sure of it. Um, my second one would be humble. Never take nothing for granted. And it's always the same way you got it. It's the same way you can get, you know, it could be taken away. So right. always have that mindset, like, you're never better than the next man. You know what I mean? So you always want to be humble and embrace your talent. My my third one would be love. Love what you do. I love to write. I love to share my writing skills with others. I'm not perfect at everything, but I know my talent, and I know what I have, and I know what I can share with the world, and I know I could be more than what I am today. So why not level up? Mm. What what unique skill do you possess um, that you feel is going to help you to become even more successful? Um, becoming more successful as being a published author? Yes. Oh, I have so many. Um, <laughs> being a published author is, <clears throat> it'd be everything, just being great. Um, Give me one second, okay? No problem. Hey now, what's good? It's your girl, Jana Blackwell, C-Town Records, Mistress of Soul, and you're on the air with the hottest independent station, Indie Fire, 
with your host, Nakia, giving you that heat right here on the station, bringing you all of the hottest hip-hop hits in the fire. Thank you, Miss Dana. Dana Blackwell out of uh, hell, somewhere on the West Coast. Uh, that's C-Town Records, uh, Mistress of Soul, uh, Miss Dana Blackwell. Google her. That's J-A-Y-N-A Blackwell. You can find her on all social media networks um, as well as all digital platforms. Make sure you're listening to um, Dance All Night. Uh, I think that's her, her latest release, I do believe. <laughs> if you're just tuning in, you're live right here on Indie Fire with your girl Nakia and my special guest, uh, T. Bedford. Is she in the background handling some business right now, guys? All right. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, let you know what's going on. Uh, next Tuesday, yeah, next Tuesday on the show, we're going to have, that's the 24th, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We'll have a uh, life coach, um, internationally known um, consultant, um, global marketer, Ms. Ava Laura Gaither will be here. And then on Thursday, closing out the month on the 26th, at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time will be some old-school R&B music, all right? I'm talking about the music of uh, R&B sensation Mr. Troy Quinton. So if you can't make them all, please do not miss them all. If you're just tuning in, you're live right here on Indie Fire with your girl, Nakia, and my special guest, author T. Bedford. Hey, hey. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, so, my daughter had a, she right. had a mishap. <laughs> it is quite all right. It's quite all right. Life happens. Um, what one word best sums up your vision moving forward? Oh, one word. Mm. Let me see. I would say determination for myself. I can't speak for others, but determination. My determination for me becoming who I am today, it took so much for me to become who I am today. Um, that word determination speaks to me because if I would never push myself to keep continue to write, um, it, there were times where I would say I'm never going to make it, you know, it's not going to never happen or whatever you know, whatever the case may be, but as I got to that point where I was like, you know, this right here, I'm not going to allow to deteriorate me from what I'm trying to get to. This is just another bump in the road, but guess what? I'm going to get over it. It ain't going to last forever. The storm never lasts always, so I always pushed forward, and I kept it kept it pushing, and now I'm published, and I'm happy about it. Do you feel that you're, and I know, already know the answer to this, um, but to what do you attribute your success? Oh, to myself and to my readers, um, 100% my publisher and my friend April, who actually, you know, basically introduced us, like, it's been so many people in my corner that I felt like I can actually make it somewhere. Cause at first when I started out, I didn't think that I would have the support. 
I didn't think I would have the knowledge, but I'm getting there slowly but surely, but I'm rising up there, and I'm determined to move forward and make it even bigger than what I am. That's what's up. And I think you have um, – some people can be passionate about um, a craft or or their gift, um, but they may feel obligated you know, at some point they may feel like I'm obligated to now continue to pursue my passion. But I can tell that this is something that you want wholeheartedly. Um, that you started at, you know, half your life ago. Um, and now you mentioned, you know, something that you never thought would have happened has happened. So, you know, the sky can only, or the sky can't only be, you know, the limit now. Um, you have to see right. beyond that uh, from this point on. Um, I know you get bad reviews, or maybe, maybe. Have you gotten any bad reviews? Uh, no, not yet. But I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be, um, I wouldn't be sad if I did. Because like, how would you at the end of the day, how would you deal with a bad review? I feel like if I was to get a bad review, I wouldn't take it personal. I would take it as. Um, uplifting criticism because not everybody is not mm-hmm. not everybody is gonna like the form of writing that you do. Not everybody is gonna support everything that you do. The only thing that I could do is try to change certain things, but I'm not gonna change 100% to satisfy one right. person when there's a whole crowd that supports you. So that one person doesn't right. stop anything. What's the last thing that you taught someone? Mm, good question. The last thing I taught someone, which was my son, is dealing with that anger. Because <laughs> Lord knows he got that from me. But um, his anger, um, I had to teach him, like, sometimes you just have to be patient. Um, like, football is his outlet. His father played football. So now he loves football. That's his passion. He always say he's going to make it to the NFL, and I'm going to support him 100%. But with that anger that he builds up with, he used it on the field. He doesn't hurt anybody, but he used that aggression and, you know, determination to be a better player. So I just tell him, sometimes you got to take a step back, reevaluate yourself, and then when you're ready, go ahead and push past them hurdles that you got. Everything, you're not going to always win, and you're not going to always lose. It's going to be you win some, you lose some. And now, what was the last thing that somebody taught you? What was the last thing somebody taught me? Yeah. The last thing somebody taught me was to be more self-loving. Like, you have to love yourself before you can love um, anyone else wholeheartedly. Um, I used to have self-doubt, you know, and I think I'm not the only person that dealt with this. Everybody have, you know, certain things they like, certain things they don't like, you know, being, you know, scared of everything. Why are you being scared? You're never going to make it nowhere. So I was taught to always put your best foot forward and never give up on yourself. Even if everybody else doubts you, you still keep going for yourself, even if nobody, even if you don't have that support. Jeez, this is going to be a tough one here. 
um, taking the last thing that you taught someone, which mm-hmm. what I gathered was to step back, reevaluate the situation, and push past your hurdles. And right. taking the last thing that someone taught you, which was to practice self-love um, and to never give up on um, your goals and what it is you're chasing. Combine the two of those ideas. And give someone some advice that is listening right now that's saying, hey, I'm a writer. You know, I, mean, I don't wrote like five books, um, but I'm, I'm scared to publish. Like, I don't even know what direction I need to take right now. Give that person some advice right now. Use what you taught and what you learned. Right. Okay. So whoever's out there listening, for starters, you have to be 100% intertwined with what you love to do. You have to love what you do. You cannot be scared. You have to keep pushing. Like I said earlier, you're not going to always have that support. The main people that you think you're going to have that support from are not going to be in your corner once you make it to where you actually going to where you actually want to go. When I say step back and evaluate yourself, everybody is not going to be there. So them people who you think is going to be there are not going to be those ones. So sometimes you're going to have to cut those people off and invite the new people in so that way you can have more self-love for yourself and those that's actually supporting you and pushing you to do better and be a better person. Never give up on anything that you feel like you can accomplish. If you feel like you can do it, then you do it. Somebody might doubt you here. Somebody might doubt you there. But if it's in your mindset that you got it and you can do it, listen to yourself. Don't listen to the negative. That would be my advice. That's awesome advice. Awesome advice. And as always, guys, um, when the guest is dropping these gems on you, um, got the notes down, you know what I'm saying? Make them applicable to um, your career, um, what it is that you're passionate about. Um, don't just sit on the information that they're giving you. Um, make it applicable to all aspects of your life. How do you feel that you can make yourself um, and your brand as an author better? Hmm. I, I feel like if I continue to write, um, it's always going to be, you know, I'm trying to be number one bestseller. And in my heart, I believe I will get there if I keep pushing forward and keep writing. So my brand and myself as in public, as a published author, more of my writing and my talent, it will get better in due time. Like I said, I'm not fully 100%, but I'm on my way there. So with more writing and more thought process and more that support that I have from my DWWP family, we're going to be all right. I know I'm going to be all right. I'm in good hands. I don't feel like I have anything to worry about. And as long as you keep that mindset um, and stay full of ambition, um, I don't feel like you have anything to worry about either. You do have another yes, caller on the line. I want to go ahead and give this individual the opportunity to um, show some love to you. I ask a question if um, they feel. Okay. Good evening. You're live right here on Indie Fire with Nakia and uh, author T. Bedford. Who's on the line? This is Ty, otherwise known as author of Sierra. <laughs> Hey, I'm sorry, uh, who? Hey. This is Ty, or Asira, the CEO and owner of Dream Wake Work Publisher. 
publishing and there you're you talking go. to yeah, you're talking to my author Tiff. So there you go. Put I it just, out there. I, Put it out there. Yeah, I just I just wanted to call in and um and just show her some love and really just say that I mean, just her everything that she said is right. Like her confidence. Um when she when I was reading her book when she first sent it to me, I was like, Yeah, we can we can do something with this. <laughs> and um so I, I really was encouraged because she she is a talent, you know, and she's she's also a friend. Like she's somebody that you can kind of like talk to about things also. So, um and I, I just wanted to shout out the whole Dream Week work um publishing team because I'm very particular about what I put out, not just because it's under me, but because I want my my authors to succeed. I want them to build a fan base and when they're, you know, no longer with me, you know, they can continue to grow. So I try to just share with them. So and Tiff is just she's like a sponge. Like she's just ready to kind of like soak it up and she you know, she's listening to your critiques and she yeah. And and she she does have the confidence because that's what you need. So she knows that okay, I can change this, I can fix this, this is what's gonna work, this is what's not gonna work. So I just wanted to call and say that about her. And I also want y'all to stop being so nice because y'all going to make me tear up and then I'm going to have to turn in my thug card and I don't want to have to do that. Okay. So. You know we love you. <laughs> and I love y'all too. And I, I appreciate it. Um, I really do, Nakia, because I, I have other, matter of fact, um, we had a book that just dropped and that was from um, author Dina. So I'm going to be, you know, talking to you about getting her on here as well. And I really, really just appreciate your support as well. You are so very welcome. I feel like you opened up um, with you being on the show. Not only did it open up the opportunity for your, you know, a platform for your authors, but it's given my listening audience um, well, better material to read. Um, they're coming with more, Absolutely. you know, more questions as far as, you know, how they can start um, this whole process. Um, it's, it's allowed, listening to the interview, allowed a lot of people to actually break out of, um, shells that have, you know, held them down and confined them. Um, and so Absolutely. I thank you for just opening, um, opening up your team to me um, so that I'm allowed to open up your team to my listening audience. Thank you as well. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much because we, we've got so much more coming. You know, I've got, I've got books, you know, that are in editing. We've got, you know, covers being done. We've got authors who are, you know, finishing up. So we'll definitely be in touch. We'll definitely be out there. People will see, you know, what Dream Wake Work is about. And that's what we do. We dream, we wake, we get up, and we do this work. And one thing, you know, I love about my authors is that they stay writing. And I, I really appreciate that about them. And I appreciate you, you know, just giving us this platform. So I just wanted to call in and say hey and say that to you guys and just let everybody know they'll be hearing much, much more and seeing much, much more from Dream Wake Work. And we don't operate in a box. Our, my next author that's coming on, is from South Africa. He he writes South African fiction. So, you know, we're we don't operate in a box at all. So, you know, you can catch us writing all types of genres. We don't we don't. So I just wanted to call call in and say hey to Tiff and say thank you to you, Nakia. And we I just I really enjoy the show. You are so very welcome. Thank you so much for calling in. All right. Okay. I'll be trying not to say stuff all out loud and everything, but yeah, I saw him. I peeped him. Yeah, he's kind of cute. Hey. He's kind of <laughs> cute. So, my last question. Um, 
No, I, I don't. I don't. I think I've already asked that question. Um, so, so I'll say because <laughs> I got about twenty more questions that I want to ask. Um, I, I do want to say um, that was very sweet um, of Ty calling in and saying what you said about you. Um, and I've I've picked up on all of that, you know, um, from from the interview how passionate you are about your craft um, and how committed, how consistent you are with your writing. And I don't know if I would be able to do it, you know, with the one-year-old, but you have, you have balance. You have managed to balance um, your, you know, family life with your career and with your writing career, you know, to make everything flow together. Um, so I commend oh, you. Yes, and I, I, wish, I wish you great um, success. I can't wait to read the book. Um, it's actually, um, I can't tell you where it's been sitting. It's been, you know what? I have three books. Um, Candy Storm book, your book, somebody else's book, just sitting waiting for me to read. Um, so hopefully, you know, I got a little downtime this weekend. I can read one of them um, because I want to know from where a sibling betrayal what happens, you know, in the second book. Now, will it just be one book? Will it just be? Oh yeah. Well, the first part. This is the first part. And then my book two is going to be part two of A Sibling's Betrayal. So it's just going to be those two books? Yes, it's going to be just those two. All right. And then what are, you, what are your plans after um, you finish with this, these two books here? Well, I actually um, have a few brand-new characters um, who shall remain nameless <laughs> for um, another project that I'll be working on soon enough, so I'm just, you know, dibbing and dabbing on each on each one. All right. She's very proud of herself, and she, as, as she continues to grow as an author, um, she looks forward to reaching more readers to share her work with. Um, I guess she's a distinguished author, published author, T. Bedford. I want to go ahead and open up the floor to you now so that you can get all of your content information out uh, for those who are listening live or for those who may come back and listen to a playback show. Um, the show does mm-hmm. play on uh, about eight or nine different platforms. Um, so if someone misses the show now, they can always catch you about 930 this evening. So the floor is now yours to so go ahead and get all of your contact information out. Oh, yeah, I can follow me on Facebook, Miss Melanin Bepford. Um, you can also follow me on Instagram, Miss Melanin29. And I thank you all for joining in and having me. Thanks again. You are so very welcome. And again, guys, the author's name is T. Bedford, but you can find her Melanin Bedford on Facebook. <laughs> all right. Don't, don't be like me and think Melanin was her first name. <laughs> No. It's, it's all right. It's above me now. It's all right. It's above me now. Um, as I mentioned earlier in the show, uh, on next Tuesday, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we will have uh, life coach, uh, international uh, life coach, um, Ava Laura Gaither here. And then on Thursday, the 26th, closing out the month, we'll have R&B singer Troy Quinton here, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So if you cannot Make them all. Please do not miss them all. 
Make sure you follow on the show on all social media. That's Indy Fire, E-N-D-I-E-F-I-Y-A. Make sure you're following me, The Girl in Motion, on all social media platforms, G-R-L-N-M-O-T-I-O-N. And as always, I'm going to leave you with a quote this evening. Music could ache and hurt. That beautiful music was a place of suffering a man could hide. That's Pat Conroy. Until next Tuesday, have a good night.